This podcast is brought to you by Serin, the diamond industry reimagined. With Serin artificial intelligence diamond grading technology, an objective, standardized, industry-wide approach is finally within reach. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Rapport Diamond podcast. This is the third installment of our series on technology. And in this episode, we're going to be exploring the diamond grading environment. What impacts are technologies such as artificial intelligence and machine learning and others having on the way that the grading labs operate and on the way that industry relates to diamond authentication? We have a full episode lined up for you with our studio guests, as well as a case study interview that our senior reporter, Joshua Friedman conducted with David Block, who is the CEO of Sarin Technologies. But more on that later. First, let's introduce our guests, starting with Don Palmieri, who is the president of the GEM Certification and Assurance Lab, otherwise known as GCAL. Don has a vast experience in the grading space and in the industry as a whole. Um, so welcome to you, Don. It's great to, it's a real treat to have you with us. Avi, thank you very much. It's, uh, it's great to be with you. Perfect. Thank you. And also joining us is Pratesh Patel, who is the Senior Vice President and Chief Operating Officer at the GIA. Pratesh was brought into the GIA in 2015 as its Chief Information Officer and given the task to transfer form all things related to IT at the GIA, which is quite an undertaking. So it's great to have you with us today, Ampritesh. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Avi, and uh, great to be here and uh, looking forward to the conversation. Uh, me too. And um, I think, you know, when, when, we, when we talk about um, technology and uh, the, the industry is correctly focused on enhancing consumer confidence and the pl- the labs play such an important role in that regard and technology has emerged as as a central enabler of that uh, drive to improve consumer confidence so don I'd, I'd like to start with you because among the three of us i think you you have the most um experience in the industry and um and so I'd like to ask, what, what, what significant developments have you observed in recent years in terms of the grading labs adopting technology to bring about greater confidence in our product? Well, I guess old guys go first, <laughs> but, but thank you for recognizing that uh, I've been in the industry um, a lot longer than I'd like to admit. I've seen a lot of significant uh, developments, but first off, what I'd like to say is that we applaud all efforts to improve accuracy and consistency of all labs. And we've worked very hard uh, in that regard. Um, We've heard a lot about uh, companies uh, involved with uh, artificial intelligence uh, and automated uh, uh, grading, but we've yet to actually see the fruits of that labor or that technology improving the process. Now, I understand it's early in the process and we, we don't see everything. Basically, we were, we were founded because as a member of the diamond industry, of the industry in, in general, uh, I was very upset with the, um, basically, I'll just, uh, just come out and say it, the overgrading 
and the games that were being played by labs um, all over the country, especially the U.S., where I operate. But uh, And so when I opened the lab, it was really to increase consumer confidence, and I did it in a number of ways. And a lot of the the technology, I mean, I was, I, I've always been uh, very interested and I've not been afraid to be a first mover in some areas of technology, acquiring it, purchasing it. We were an early adopter of many technologies on the lab side. Uh, we're a single lab, you know, we're a solitary lab in New York City, but basically, you know, we've seen, uh, especially with software, with hardware technologies, we've seen a lot of improvement over the years. Uh, our lab has been open now for 20 years, and we are we still see the problems. I, I have to honestly say that, and maybe this is not the right question to answer this, but I personally think that grading consistency has gotten worse, not better, uh, from what I see in the U.S. market over the last 15 years. That was a question I was going to bring up um, at, a, at a later stage, but um, since you brought it up, what is your approach then um, to solve that challenge or to meet that challenge and particularly using, I would imagine that technology is a, is, is a natural, natural tool that can surely overcome the, um, the issue of overgrading grading and, and the lack of consistency that the trade sees in, um, in grading. I'm not so sure that technology alone uh, is going to solve that problem. I think it can be helpful. Um, but basically, we've had color grading machines in the marketplace since the mid-1970s, actually even before that. Um, AGS had one. I think GIA had developed one back in the 50s, but they only worked to a limited degree uh, with only a certain uh, population of diamonds, uh, those with just nitrogen content. But they, they never really took off. They never really um, gave the confidence of the kind of grading accuracy that uh, sharp diamond graders uh, could, could provide. And I think that um, one of the things that, well, you asked about systems. So I acquired uh, a light performance system back in the early uh, 2000s, uh, right after opening the lab. So we were, the, we were actually the first lab to offer light performance on our certificate. I think the most important thing that we did to solve the problem, and I, I really had hoped that it would take off and that other labs would follow suit. Uh, because they wanted to, or others would follow suit because they had to. Unfortunately, it's not the case, but we decided to guarantee our work, uh, guarantee our grades, not to the dealer, not so I could have endless arguments with uh, brokers and dealers on the street, but to actually protect the consumer. And um, so we have offered that guarantee since, uh, since opening the lab. We've strengthened the guarantee, not watered it down, but we strengthened the guarantee uh, around 2005, and, uh, and we've had it ever since. And so not that that is technology in itself, but every one of my employees knows that a mistake, just even a, a sloppy mistake or a silly mistake, can cost the company money and prestige. And so... That's the first thing we did. So that was culture. That was the culture of our laboratory is that we stood behind our work 
And I had hoped that other labs uh, would follow suit. They haven't. Mm. So uh, we also acquired, and I've been using Gemprint since its invention uh, in Israel uh, many, many decades ago. But we were able to acquire Gemprint in 2011. And since then, we have made um, huge uh, improvements in the software and in the programs. The um, uh, and it has uh, it's the it's the only non-invasive diamond identification technology that's been in use uh, in a laboratory mm. anywhere that I'm aware of. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it seems, Don, that that, that you, you're emphasizing um, the human element um, of um, of grading, um, still to a great extent. Um, and, and Gemprint has a um, sort of a, a verification after the fact, and 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 also and sort of creating a, a unique fingerprint for um, for each diamond. But that, that's kind of a, a separate discussion to um, to to the, to the grading the four C's and and um, and bringing a uh, bringing technology into the into the grading aspect of of a diamond. Pritesha, uh, that element of automation has been uh, has has really gained momentum in the last year or two, with um, with the GIA also sort of launching its capability to automate, um, for lack of a better word, the process of grading color and clarity in particular. And you've been working with IBM Research in this regard. Can you brief us um, about your your work with um, with IBM in, um, in using technology, particularly in the color and clarity um, factors? Thanks, Avi. So, uh, you know, I think um, I want to start first by... Um, you know, GIs. Uh, you know, I, I don't have the um, uh, the experience Don described of within the industry, and uh, it's great to have somebody with a long tenure and experience and and, and learning from them. So I joined uh, in 2015 uh, at GI, and it's been quite a interesting journey for me, uh, and very learning uh, and 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 uh, learning about the industry, learning about the process, learning about the grading and technology, and, and and so all sorts of different things. But it all starts with our mission, and our mission is to protect the consumer, right? Consumer, and how do we enhance more trust in the consumer when they are purchasing uh, their precious gift uh, that they're purchasing at, right? And I think this is this is should be not only ours but everybody else's emissions should be, and and um, 3,000 plus employees at GIA, that's what they're all working towards is to protect and, you know, consumer trust. Uh, and when we, when we look at that uh, in, in terms of um, every day, uh, every person who is involved in a grading process, and for that matter, for anything that GIA does, uh, that consumer trust is in their mind. And everything they do, it they want to ensure that anything that they do does not jeopardize that and it really enhances that. So that's our, that's our goal and that's our mission. And uh, how do we use technology? How do we use uh, continuous improvement? How do we bring more consistency, reliability? All of those things are working towards that. Uh, so when we look at the technology, um, uh, you know, obviously, uh, GI has a long history, actually, of uh, bringing a lot of technologies to the uh, to to the industry and to the consumer. You know, uh, one of the first uh, colorometer was uh, created fifty plus years ago, and and 
with technology, you know, my experience has been you, you, it's, it's a continuously evolving journey because new technologies and, and, and the pace at the new technologies are uh, coming into the market is, is going very, very fast. Uh, and so, you know, yesterday problem you could not have solved, tomorrow you will be able to because technology has improved. And, and you will see that many things in uh, diamond grading process or for that matter, any other process within the industry uh, when the technologies are referenced. So GIA has been uh, working on bringing more instrumentation, which brings more uh, consistency uh, and reliability in grading. Now, um, so to that effect, we partner with IBM um, on on bringing the AI uh, to the process, and and the reason for that is they are they are the expert in in bringing AI technologies, and there is a long tradition of uh, you know working in that field for years. And then what we thought that taking that and along with uh, our knowledge, the GI standards, how do we take our GI grading standards that were established long time ago and then bring that to the uh, training of artificial intelligence? So, so when it gets the, uh, the, the artificial intelligence get created, it's following those standards to the, the best of its ability and the training information that has been fed, right? So... AI, you know, everybody's, I think in the future, a lot of people, or for that matter, pretty much everybody might have their own AI uh, created in, in the different process. What will be the differentiation is what type of training and what type of uh, data has been used to bring that technology to the market. And I think that's where the differentiation of many of these things is going to come. So I feel pretty good about that specific side of how we are using those instrumentation and then uh, use technologies like AI to, uh, to really uh, improve the, um, the process uh, and, and because of that, uh, improving the consumer confidence. Is this a solution then for the, for the challenge that Don alluded to about um, inconsistency in, um, you know, between various grading labs and sometimes even within a, a, an organization, um, different labs might um, might have inconsistent results. Well, I think I think there's there's always uh, room for improvement in in every individual organizations, but also across the organizations, right? So in, in order to do that, everybody has to follow the same standards. And, and what is what is the same standards, right? And so GIA actually invented the four C standards, so we know what those standards are. And so our our goal is to not really uh, compare what others are, are are measuring that, but our own standards. So our <clears throat> objective in, in this uh, automation is to really follow our standards and how closely we are uh, grading to those standards. So every technology we bring, every process improvement we do, every uh, instrument we bring is all towards uh, uh, ensuring that 11 labs around the world are following exactly the same standards. Uh, there's always room for uh, improvement, and we are continuously working on uh, working on to train our employees uh, in the same exact way, creating a same type of en- environment where instrumentation, the calibrations are required. Highly, highly trained uh, people who are managing those environments and uh, and and those those processes. We're looking data to the nth degree to really see the. Uh, see that those standards been followed. So there is a lot of work that goes into it to make sure that we are consistently consistently following that standard. And, and 
uh, bringing this new technology even further enhance that. That's very interesting, and I think it really it really um, sort of marks a, a a real change in in the industry. And and the question that I think that springs to mind for a lot of people um, are twofold. Firstly, is it, does this does AI capabilities replace the need for a master set of a master stone um, set? Um, and secondly, does it replace the need for a grader? Um, you know, what is the future of the job of a grader if um, if things are, are shifting towards sort of AI-driven um, systems? First of all, the, the, the human element, I don't think even me being a technologist, uh, I don't think a human element will go away from grading. Uh, and, and because... Because there are there are diamonds that are complex, there are there are things that are highly valued diamonds, and there is a lot of different things that will require humans to take a look at it. It is interesting when we were uh, we've been working with IBM and and you know some of the people in in that team who are uh, who are best at uh, artificial intelligence and development, and you know and they make a statement that there are some point AI won't be able to do certain things that human been able to do it, and so. Uh, there are areas that I think humans will still be in, involved. Uh, you know, somebody told me the other day, hey, if I have my, you know, 20, 30 carat diamond, I still want a human to look at it. I don't want a machine to tell me what my grade is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so so there, there will be that aspect of it all the time. Uh, being said that, I think, you know, there is, there is, there is, a, there is continuation of technology will take play a, a bigger role. Uh, as far as master stone, I think the master stones are the foundation of color grading and 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 how uh, they've been they've been utilized and stuff. So I don't think that completely will go away. I think there there still will be we, you know we use some of that information as a standards in building technologies and things around it. So uh, I think there will be uh, there will be some uh, some areas of the utilization of many of the things. Uh, in, in that space. Thank you, and it's very. It's. I think it's. It's somewhat assuring that the human element is um, is still emphasized. Um, and Don, I'd like to get your your um, your viewpoint on that because over the years, has technology and other mechanisms that have arguably commoditized diamonds and diamond trading has it taken away from the appreciation and and almost the art of being able to to assess the value and beauty of a diamond? I don't think so, Avi. Every time that we have uh, added technology uh, in our lab, any new technologies, we've had to hire additional people. So I'm not worried about um, AI replacing uh, diamond graders. Maybe it will uh, replace some processes uh, that will cause some people to be reassigned to other other things, but we need people for tech operators as much as we need diamond graders for all the work and all the presentation that we do. You know, we're becoming um, more and more a society of um, e-commerce. And I think um, this COVID uh, interruption has proven more than uh, ever that people are not afraid uh, to make significant purchases uh, over the internet, but they need they need visuals. They need, uh, and that comes through technology. We've invested in a lot of that type of technology for light performance, for 360 videos, for all the things that we do that that accompany. So I think that, um, and if we're talking about technology um, 
making diamonds more of a commodity than they already uh, are. I don't think, I mean, I think the, um, the horse is out of the, ba- the barn on that one because anytime you bring confidence, consumer confidence or consumer assurance to the table, you certainly are not going to diminish uh, anyone's desire to buy a diamond. If anything, I think you'll enhance their desire to possibly invest more uh, than they normally would have just simply because of all of the technology, all the visuals that they can see. Um, and even when you they go to a jewelry store, I mean, the lighting environment in a store it is not necessarily the lighting environment they're ever going to see their diamond in again. So it's not that that uh, someone has to go to a store to pick out a diamond, uh, although we we encourage it because of the professionals behind the counter um, and to be able to answer questions. But I think that um, I, I don't think that the technology is going to diminish um, any consumer desire. I think um, conversely, uh, I think that if we continue on the path that we've been on uh, with, and, and let's face it, there's, there's no secret to your audience that, Diamond grading is all over the place. There's no secret to your audience that uh, if you want a certain grade on a diamond, you submit it to a certain lab. There's no secret to the fact that, and I think you mentioned it in your introduction, that even within the same organization, a diamond can get, I see it, uh, so I'll say it, considerable different, considerably different grades. Technology can help. Uh, with a lot of things. It can help with the consistency and can help with the the accuracy. Uh, but I don't think you're going to replace the human element. And I think one point I wanted to make, and I made notes on your questions, but I think the questions are kind of, uh, we've probably pushed you into uh, questions that you had later on for now. But one of the the points that I wanted to make was that, you know, I was a diamond salesman in the early 1970s. And even though GIA was teaching the diamond grading standard that we know today, there were no grading reports or certificates in those days. I carried a bag with a quarter of a million dollars worth of loose diamonds all over Pennsylvania, New York, and New England. But here's what I can tell you is that every diamond dealer, every serious diamond dealer, knows the grade of the diamond before it ever goes to a lab. And I don't care if it's going to GIA or GCAL or any of the other labs anywhere in the world. They know they know what the quality of the diamond is before it goes. Now, if we're talking internally flawless or VVS, some very fine uh, difference like that, different story. But with a loop and a few master stones and a color card, uh, most serious diamond dealers can tell in less than a minute what the grade of a diamond is. So I think we're always going to have the human element. We're always going to have the uh, apprehension that, oh, a machine said it's this. Well, let me take a look and I'll decide for myself since it's going to be my $10,000 or my $100,000 that I'm going to invest in this. Mm. I, well, I, th- I think you, that, that um, you, you hit on the, on the 
essence of, of my, my question in that, and, and I, I think maybe my question was, is, is the trade going to get lazy, <laughs> you know, in, in being able to, to know or assess the, the, a diamond before it goes to the, um, it goes to the grade, grading lab and know what, what grade it's, go, it's going to get. But I, but I think I would agree with you that um, you know there there is um, sufficient training and, and you know GIA is a certain, definitely a, a, an outstanding example of um, of the courses that are available in in this um, area that um, that would force the trade not to rely on just the technology to um, or, or just the equipment to to grade a diamond and I think you know. The, you know whether it's a subjective or an objective science is is a debate, but but there is also a feeling that one wants it to, to be a personal wants it to be somewhat subjective. You know, if you look at a diamond, that everyone sees a little bit something a little different in 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 each stone. That uh, rather than have that sort of mechanical element to the to the assessment. Avi, if I may, that's that's a word that has been used in the industry even long before I was in it, and that's called mystique. And everyone likes to think that there's a mystique to, um, uh, to their diamonds that make them more special. Uh, and to some, depending on their, their cutting prowess, et cetera, there, there can be a mystique. But I think that you're always, always going to have professionals that need to look at the diamonds to appreciate whether they want to include them in their inventory and therefore uh, then be able to sell them, whether it's to their their clientele, whether they're retailers or consumers. Um, I think that the machines are not, at least not any time in my lifetime, are going to replace the, the human element and the human appreciation uh, of a diamond. I still get uh, excited when I see certain diamonds, um, rare diamonds, even even common diamonds that have really been cut masterfully, I still get excited about it. And you would think after all these years in the industry um, that I might be a little jaded, but uh, I still get excited about a beautiful diamond. Well, I, I'm smiling as you talk about it because I, I, I think that's it's something that, uh, that hopefully is not being lost within the trade and also among consumers, um, that consumers should not just rely on saying, you know, this is an these are the four C's of my diamond. Look how look how beautiful it is. Um, but really looking at it, and and so Pratish, I'd like I'd like to ter- turn to you because I think among the more significant rollouts um, at the GIA in recent years has been its introduction of digital grading reports. I'd like to ask you what um, what was the thinking behind that move, and and maybe you can explain um, a, a little bit about what those digital grading reports are and how they um, how they came about. But what benefit do they also bring to consumers versus having a paper report? Sure. Uh, before before I go address the the digital uh, paper report, but let me t- talk about. I, mean, I think I think the human element earlier we were talking about. I think it's very important that, and I agree, the beauty of the diamond and 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 that aspect of that uh, the emotions that diamonds touch with people on the significant events and stuff are very very important, and and that shouldn't be um, shouldn't be replaced with just uh, you know grades or things because I think that uh, speaks to uh, speaks to the people. 
being said that, I think, you know, when we talk about the grading, we talk about the technology use, the forces, it, you know, I think everybody knows what the grade of the diamond is going to be because it's at GI education brought that knowledge to the industry. And many of the people in the industry are, have, uh, have graduated uh, from, from GI and learn and, 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 and are using that information. So when, when somebody has cut a manufacturer, they know what the grade before when they send it to a grading lab. So why do they send it? Because, because what they're really looking for is the independent and unbiased uh, opinion of the standards, how they're applied, and they're looking for that building a trust. So when they take that particular diamond to consumer or their customer, they have a, a trust that they're bringing from a, 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 a company or authority or organization who independently verify what they really think around it. So grading is not about just, you know, saying four C's or is it natural things. It's more about bringing that trust to the consumer, independence uh, viewpoint of it. So that's very, very important, more than anything. And, and this is coming from a technology guy, right? So who, is, who, who really thinks about many of the things. But I think that's what is really important. And that only comes from uh, uh, that side of it. So when we talk about uh, technology, uh, bringing the consistency, and, and it all boils down to that side of the, uh, the human uh, side of the mission and the trust that we establish with, within the industry and help industry in a way have those e-commerce transactions, B2B, B2C type of transactions perform uh, very well by using uh, that, that independent uh, grading. And, and to that point, going back to your question about the digital uh, grading report is the same thing, right? So more and more transactions are happening on the e-commerce platforms. And when those things are happening on e-commerce that diamonds are sold uh, digitally, then why not have the grading report available digitally? I think the consumer who is a millennials who is coming into the market, becoming a consumer, they grew up in the digital age. They they are not used to having a paper or printed things around it. So they, they're asking for the digital, right? But at the same time, they are looking for uh, trust in there. So using the uh, technologies of blockchain type of things, when we introduced that uh, blockchain grading report uh, uh, in there, it was to bring and enhance more uh, a, a more trust into into the uh, into those digital. And I think we're going to continue to do that as we bring more digital grading report turned from paper to digital. We're going to add more technology, more security features, more more thing to enhance uh, consumer trust at the end of the day when they know this diamond belongs to a particular grading report and how do they trust there. So there will be more technologies that we'll be bringing to the market that will enhance that uh, side of it. So, uh, you know, at the same time, there are, there are people who are very traditional in this industry who still value uh, or, or their customer value a paper grading report. So the challenge is how do you really you know, do the both uh, uh, to the things. So there are people are ready to move to the digital world. Others are not ready to move. So um, we're going we're gonna to uh, find the right balance. We, for example, in introduced LGDR recently, which was purely a digital only because that's the particular marketplace is uh, a consumer who is more uh, tech savvy and they're really looking for uh, that. So we're not producing any paper grading reports. So there will be a a, a different group of consumers who will be looking at different, and our goal is to uh, bring what 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 is what helps that end consumer, uh, and and at the same time help industry be more efficient. How do you really take out that 
you know, and I go to many of uh, our clients or retailers, they have a, a cabinet full, you know, full of grading reports and, and it's very difficult to manage. And so we're bringing more digital technologies for them so they can efficiently process the supply chain and the transportation off of it. So there are many benefits we want to bring it to the industry, but at the same time, end of the day, it's all about the consumer. What what will enhance more uh, ease of use for them, uh, more trust with them, and and that's where that's where uh, rubber is going to meet the road. Mm. And uh, just before I get to my next question, um, for our listeners who might not know, what, what does LDGR um, stand for? Uh, that's a laboratory grown uh, diamond re- uh, report. Uh, that's the um, that's the one that we recently introduced uh, in October right. uh, of last year. Okay, thank you. And and um, just going back to the digital report, how does it um, practically work? That um, the the stone is graded by the GIA, and the certificate or grading report is um, is processed, and then is. Is that information then transferred to a blockchain platform or, um, you know, some sort of cloud platform um, that the the next person on the supply chain, be it the manufacturer or uh, eventually then the retailer, would have access to it? And is it via an application that then the consumer would receive that digital report? I, th- I think that's a good question, Avi. Uh, so let me talk about the one that we introduced with uh, Chai Tai Folk, I think about a couple of years ago, uh, which is a blockchain grading report. The intention behind that is what you just similarly described is the way it works is once our grading uh, uh, of the diamond completes, we transfer that data into a blockchain immutable record. And at that point, um, as as that diamond moves from a retailer, in this case, Chai Tai Fook, and then to their their uh, customer, uh, we do record the transaction, and and obviously there is a lot of privacy and the data, uh, you know, governance around it. So uh, it, it with the consent of the consumer, but that's the record and consumer through the app uh, that uh, Chai Tai Fook's uh, T Mark app that they have developed, and they they should be they would be able to. Uh, access that grading report uh, through blockchain through that app and so they have a record of that information and they can perhaps take that to insurance company uh to get the insurance on that diamond they could utilize that so that they have they are the only owner of the diamond and the grading report so that's how it that works mm-hmm. uh, but as we go in the future uh today we we are all doing um a diamond grading report and a diamond dossier report what we what we wanted to bring that uh, and those are all still a printed report but when we move that to a digital space our intention is to create a frictionless uh, process so requiring that diamond to move without requiring a lot of transactions to happen but at the same time utilization of technology to to connect that diamond to the digital report by using the using the technology so when we when we bring that to the market that's how it's the diamond of the digital report will be connected uh to the digital report through use of technology and identifying them and connecting them to, together mm-hmm. uh, of using ai and and optical imaging technology so there will be a different type of technologies that will be used to connect them together and i won't talk so much about it because that's uh, that's going to be coming in in a few more months Something to look out for. I mean, can, can you give us a timeline on on when you would expect the GIA to be sort of almost, you know, let's say completely digital um, in terms of its digital reports? Uh, well, 
I think we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna look at our our goal first is to uh, address the dossier first, and and that's most likely will happen. I don't know hundred percent of all of them go digital because, as I mentioned, uh, there is a part of the 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 retail space is very uh, much interested in using uh, that that paper grading because that's the last transactions they do with consumer. And consumer wants to have that connection, that that feel of the purchase, and they would like to get something in their hand that they can touch and feel and take it home with it. So, so there is that aspect of it. So there there will be a transition, just like any other technology happened. There will be a transition period of how that happens. So we don't know what the timeline of that transition will be, but I think that something will be introduced this year uh, on majority of our grading report uh, going digitally, uh, perhaps uh, later in the year. Um, very interesting and 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 somewhat exciting. Um, Don, is um is that something that GCAL is looking into? Um, in terms of shifting to a digital, um, report system. We already have. We have a number of customers who who only get uh, digital uh, reports from us at this time. Uh, we have an arrangement where uh, their end consumer can actually request at the point of purchase, they can request a hard certificate and we actually send it to them. So um, this way, stores are notoriously uh, guilty of losing paper reports, uh, certificates, hmm. and um, and this, this way, it's really, um, it has helped them uh, manage things a lot easier. So what they'll have is they'll have a, t- a tag on a ring. Uh, they'll have laser inscription and gem print uh, on the diamond of any certificates that we produce. And then they can always request the hard cert. And uh, I would say that right now, probably about 15% of our clients are receiving digital only certificates at this time. I just wanted to mention, because uh, Patricia brought it up, is that everything we do here at GCAL is predicated on the training and the education of GIA and no other system. We use the GIA education system. uh, That's the gold standard here. And um, and I would certainly welcome any additional technology or artificial intelligence, anything that makes that standard more consistent, not only within GIA, but everywhere else in the world. Um, It's a great standard. I've been using it ever since I graduated from GIA, and that's a long time ago. But uh, we do appreciate uh, the fact that GIA had the foresight uh, so many years ago to develop the standard. And that uh, and that it is it, it could use it could use some freshening in certain areas, but rather than have it changed, I would rather struggle in a couple areas. The difference between SI two and and uh, I one is is one of them. It's very obvious to most people who've been in the industry for a while. But I'd rather struggle with that than actually uh, the introduction a number of years ago of SI3, which I know that you guys report on because a lot of people in the industry use it. But mm. I don't. we don't consider that a reasonable or logical uh, adaptation of the system unless GIA themselves actually used it, develops it, and um, 
So that's just one point that I wanted to make. GIA developed a great system. We use it. We train our people even after they've come out of GIA uh, or even after they've come out of the working at a GIA laboratory. But we train our people and we, we make them adhere to those standards as absolutely as strictly and closely as possible. So I applaud GIA for the system. It is, um, it is given, given the industry a great communication tool. And I hope that as they uh, go through the AI, uh, adopting this new AI system, that they do, just as Pratesha said, that there, it, it really depends on who is going to train the AI Who's going to train it? Who's going to input it? Who's going to monitor it? Who's going to make sure that nobody disturbs it? You know, blockchain is is very interesting. I mean, it underpins billions of dollars in the uh, uh, in alternative currency right now. But you know, when you start talking about immutable information, once you put it in, it's there forever. Well, if you put bad information in, it's going to be there forever, and we don't want to have any system, blockchain or any any other type, that is going to continue to to give a false sense of security to the consumer. Remember, we have a we have a product that nobody needs, that everybody seems to still want, or most people still want it. <laughs> and I think we have to do everything that we possibly can to without trickery, without angles, but with answers, real answers, that we have to continue to work to clean up our industry because it's not in great shape right now. Mm. Um, well, j- just a, a few points um, in response to that, Don. Um, firstly, when you refer to us guys um, as reporting on SI3s, um, that's referring to Rappaport, yes. which has um, SI3 on the... Um, on our um, price list, and um, the, as far as I know, GIA does not um, grade um, SI3. Right. Right. Um, so I just wanted to clarify that. Um, but, uh, you know, in, in response to, to what, what you, you were talking about, I, I do think that, um, you know, what, one of the challenges in, 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 that, in that issue of, um, of inconsistencies in grading um, comes to the issue of language and nomenclature. You know that um, that people use the the GRA language, as in D to to Z um, color grading, for example, and and you know along the the clarity scale as well, um, but don't necessarily use the GIA standards. And I, I do hope, and I think that the that this use of technology and and um, and AI tools would help um, overcome that challenge. Um, and, and maybe Pratesh, um, very briefly before we get to a final question, if you want to um, maybe comment on that. Yeah, I, I think that's great, and, and I think I agree with uh, what Don was talking about. Uh, you know, I think it's it's very important what goes in building some of this technology. What you know, who is doing it, what data gets provided. You know, uh, you know, we want to make sure the information that goes in is very accurate, so that results that is going to come out of it is very accurate, and we can continuously monitor uh, the AI so that the, 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 you know, uh, the, the learning is continuously always going to happen. And at the same time, the results that comes out is, is a very, very accurate. And again, so we have invested a lot of time and, and resources in doing so, building that. So one, 
first we wanted to make sure that um, some of our best best people uh, who has the most knowledge uh, in this area are being part of developing this uh, so that that knowledge is is going into the AI number two we are using the very, very critical data that we have accumulated over the years uh, on on very specific diamonds and 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 things. So that that information has been used to uh, to develop this AI. And now we have built a, a quality process in, in in doing so. Is that the results that comes out of it? How we we continuously monitor and if there is any deviation or things into that uh, that results that we are. Uh, uh, addressing the retraining process and other things that in there. So there is a lot of investment has of time and resources has gone into it to ensure that consistency uh, remains that because, uh, you know, we want to make sure that, uh, again, I think we, you know, the good news out of this conversation has been everybody's working towards ensuring the consumer uh, confidence and consumer trust, right? And I think that's the ultimate goal for everyone should be uh, because more... <clears throat> that trust that we will have uh, and that would be human or that we've been using the AI tools uh, that will help uh, industry and it will help everyone. Uh, and, and, and so, so for that matter, I think that's what's really happening from the AI perspective is the information and the training is very, very accurate that goes into it. If I could just add to that, I would say that when I, because obviously um, it sounds as though GIA is, is, their system is going to be proprietary only to GIA. It's not something they're going to uh, sell or share. And I would say this, that for me to feel comfortable with AI giving the kind of consistency, accuracy and consistency that it's being touted, I would feel much more comfortable if a laboratory that was producing that would actually stand behind the product with a consumer guarantee. We do it. Now, I, I will be perfectly honest with you. We've had opportunities to open branches of our lab around the world at, at zero cost to us, literally zero cost. We've been offered property. We've been offered buildings. We've been offered offices. We've been offered <laughs> uh, staff. We have uh, rejected all of that because we're not about just uh, making money. We are about producing a an accurate product for the consumer. I think of every consumer that I'll never meet, that I'll never see, that I'll never know their name, but I have to think about the fact that they're a family member and that the work that I'm producing for them is the same work that I would produce for a family member, and I love my family. Um, so I... I, and that's why I feel so very strongly. And every one of our employees has to buy into that. If they don't buy into it, they're not here. And that's that's a simple thing that I tell them. Just imagine that every diamond you're working on, everything you're doing in the process, just think about you're doing it for a family member that you dearly love and uh, that you don't want to make a mistake. You don't want to have an accident. You don't want to make a mistake. And you certainly are not going to deliberately uh, overgrade. So that was just something I, I just wanted to um, to interject that the guarantee, you know, I even said early on, people said, what do you want to be in the lab business for? You've done so many different things. You've got uh, so many other options. Uh, why do you want to beat your head against the wall in the lab business? And I honestly believed that I could change the industry into realizing that a laboratory is almost the last 
the last step of confidence that can be bestowed to a customer when they're buying a diamond at the counter and um, and that people should take it seriously, that businesses should take it seriously, and that the industry should demand it. Well, our industry has not demanded accuracy and consistency. They've paid lip service to it. It's one of my pet peeves that actually makes me angry even thinking about all the industry people we have that uh, you know get this award and that award and bestow other awards on their fellow but nobody demands the accuracy and the consistency of the lifeblood of our industry and if anyone doesn't believe that diamonds are the lifeblood of our industry i don't know what they're selling anyway that's that's the point that i wanted to make if ai is going to be so great if Blockchain is going to be so great. Well, good. Stand behind your product. Guarantee your product to the consumer. I, I think it's such an important point. And, and maybe, Patricia, I'll let you have the last word on that before, before we wrap up. Um, uh, do you have a response to, to, um, to Don's comments? Well, I, I, would just, I would just say that you know, GI directly operates all labs across the, across the world. Our employees are... You know, every single one of those three thousand plus employees are are are, are part of the, the the family. That they same way that they take the pride in the work they do. GI is you know bringing the same standards. We are doing everything possible to make sure that we are protecting the consumer uh, interest in in doing so, and, and we are doing that. Uh, as far as uh, you know, uh, we stand we do stand behind what we what we really do it, and and I think you know as far as uh, do we um, guarantee or think? I think that's more for for legal and some of the other issues that that related to that. Uh, and I'm not a qualified person to answer that. But I think you know uh, overall what I would what I would say is that I think I think in, in in throughout the history of GIA and it's been a long history off of it is uh, GIA has done every possible way to uh, to enhance the trust in consumer. Uh, and, and because of that, uh, consumer demands, uh, that, you know, and what we, what we bring to that. So, uh, and that will be our mission. That's our, that is our mission and that will continue to be our mission going forward and, and using the human elements, using the technology and every single thing we do it is to bring that to the, to, for, for, for those consumer and at the same time, making sure we are serving the industry at large. Uh, in doing so and and help them grow uh, as well. Mm. Well, um, well, thank you for that, Pratesh. And I, I do think that this is going to be a hot topic for 2021 as we continue to navigate the the COVID situation. But the that issue of um, enhancing consumer confidence is just so core and important to our industry. So thank you both of you for really interesting and um, engaging conversation. I really enjoyed it. Um, Thank you, Don, for, for joining us. It's much appreciated and great talking to you again. Thank you for the invitation. And Pratesh, to you, thanks so much for, for your insights and um, perspective of what the GIA is um, bringing to the table. Thank you, Avi. Thank you, Don. It's a great conversation, and I'm sure it's going to continue as we move forward. Thank you. Absolutely. So we look forward to that. And um, thanks, everyone, for, for joining us. And, um, and we look forward to continuing this conversation as we move forward. And now, our senior reporter, Joshua Friedman, interviews David Block, who is the CEO of Sarin Technologies. Hello and welcome. I'm Joshua Friedman, senior news reporter at Rappaport. And I am joined by David Block, CEO of Serene Technologies. 
Uh, we're here to talk about one of the most cutting edge issues in the diamond industry, which is how artificial intelligence can transform diamond grading. Um, thanks for coming on the podcast, David. Hi, Joshua, and uh, hello to all the listeners. Great. So first up, David, um, there have been many developments in this area, really only in the last year or two. Um, so, so far, how has artificial intelligence changed the world of diamond grading? So to be honest, I think uh, artificial intelligence um, is really something that is uh, fairly new to the diamond industry. Um, although that uh, technologies that are based on, on AI uh, are fairly uh, common outside of the diamond industry, I think it's uh, the first time that AI is really starting to um, become something substantial within the diamond industry. Um, but it's not only diamond grading that has potential to use uh, artificial intelligence. Uh, there are many other areas, but I think uh, diamond grading is, is getting a lot of the focus today um, uh, with regards to artificial intelligence. Right. So um, focusing on grading, what proportion of diamonds in the world at the moment would you estimate are currently graded by artificial intelligence? I guess it's still pretty low numbers. So the numbers uh, aren't uh, substantial yet uh, because uh, the technology is, is still very new. Um, but I believe that uh, uh, it shouldn't be, we shouldn't be looking at really the numbers today, but where the industry is going in terms of grading um, and what uh, grading using technology um, uh, based on artificial intelligence can actually bring to the industry. What are the benefits and, and how that can actually add value to the many different players along the pipeline? Um, so the numbers are so small today, but I guess that's true for anything that's new. Uh, just like the introduction of cell phones, uh, it used to be very unique, someone having a cell phone, whereas today everyone uses it. Uh, I believe that in uh, not so long, uh, most diamonds uh, will be graded using technology based on artificial intelligence. Right. So focusing on those those potential benefits, I mean, I'd say one of the, one of the obvious benefits is, is reducing the lead time, so getting diamonds to market uh, faster. Would you agree? And what, what, what other benefits are there? Yeah, of course. So, so you know, when we look at um, grading through technology, um, it's not just um, it's not the technology. It's all very nice, and it's uh, um, to use technology and te through technology, there are a lot of different benefits. And um, one in, uh, of them, of course, is uh, increasing the consistency and accuracy um, of the grading because it's done by a machine, uh, which doesn't get up in the morning tired and go to the to the grading lab or it's not uh, um, too hot or too cold or different culture is that uh, um, uh, maybe impact how diamonds are graded. So the first thing is very consistent and it's very accurate. But the second thing is, is not necessarily to do with just the fact that you can grade with technology, but the fact that how you can use that technology. And once you have technology that can grade diamonds, you can actually grade diamonds outside the four walls of a grading lab. You could transfer that technology um, to the user um, and basically uh, place the technology uh, um, with the user, saving them a lot of time, expenses, and overhead of having to send that diamond to a grading lab, um, the cost of the shipping, the cost of the insurance, the cost of money for the period that that diamond is out of your hands. Um, of course, you can then set your own priorities. Uh, if you need a diamond graded quickly you, and it's done in-house, you can do it on the same day if you need. Um, so there's a lot of direct and indirect benefits um, to uh, grading diamonds through technology. It's not just the fact that it's using technology. Sure. Um, this is really something that's been sort of rumbling in, in the background for the last sort of couple of years. This, this idea of, of, of being able to grade diamonds yourself in a, in a lab. And it, it, it seems fascinating to a lot of people. But, it, but it's also hard to envisage, envisage exactly how it would, how it would work. 
So could you please just describe how do you see in-factory grading working in reality? Yeah. So, I mean, I guess before Netflix, it was hard to envisage, envisage not going to a video store, picking up a, a VHS or a beta cassette and, and going home to watch it. Uh, and today we, um, we use our content from our cell phones, from our, our tablets, our laptops, uh, and, and couldn't dream of actually driving somewhere to actually go pick up an, a video or a movie. So I think uh, you need to look at it in a very similar way when you talk about um, uh, grading with technology. Basically, um, and, and we're actually going to start rolling out the first uh, uh, pilots um, later this year, um, manufacturers or the suppliers uh, generally will have technology sitting in the factories or sitting in their offices and that they will put the diamonds on the te different technologies for the different parameters and basically capture the data on these systems. That data will then go up to the cloud uh, where we will analyze the data and, and based on our algorithms and our, our um, uh, uh, that are actually learning algorithms that uh, will then grade that diamond and then return the reply back to the, to the user. Um, so the systems actually capture information about the diamond, different types of information, uploaded to the cloud, is then analyzed, and then the, the results are then uh, returned uh, to, to the manufacturer. Um, and, and that's a very, very simple way of looking at how this will work. Naturally, um, it's not that the manufacturer is, is grading it himself. He's, he is operating the system himself, um, but the, the brains behind it is all, is all done online. How would you actually produce the report? I mean, I assume that it would be an e-report rather than a, a written report. How would, how would that actually work? Yeah, so, you know, our, our perspective is that today's consumer is looking for a, an e-report or a digital report. And, and we've built our whole infrastructure on the digital um, uh, deliverable. Uh, having said that, uh, you know, I think there is a transition uh, from uh, um, reports, physical reports, these pieces of paper that most retailers, uh, um, you know, uh, a lot of the time don't even know where they are because you have to keep them connected to the, the physical diamond. Um, so I think physical reports will phase out over time. It's not going to happen on, uh, you know, immediately. Um, and we will definitely continue to produce physical port reports for our clients uh, where requested. But I think uh, digital, uh, without a doubt, is, is where um, information is going and how diamond uh, grading reports will be uh, used uh, down the line. And how would you ensure security with something like this? Because, the, I mean, the way you've explained it, it sounds, it sounds like it would be relatively straightforward because none of the grading is actually taking place at the factory. It's all taking place at Serene. Um, but, uh, I mean, people will still ask, I mean, how, how, how can you ensure that uh, a diamond that is essentially submitted in your own factory rather than at a, at a lab actually goes through all the, the correct legitimate processes before you get to that grade? So yes, that's a, that's a very good question. And we're putting a lot of time and effort uh, into creating a secure system so that the integrity of the data um, is absolute. Um, so there's a lot of effort over there in how do we monitor the systems? How do we ensure that the technologies are properly calibrated all the time? So we are actually putting a huge amount of effort into building that infrastructure. And that's one of the reasons why we've already been using our automated um, grading uh, using AI in our grading labs for the last uh, nearly two years, but only at this point we are starting um, trials in the fields because there's a lot of uh, things that need to be done in order to be able to put a system at the client's location. Uh, we talked about security. We talked about monitoring uh, that the systems are functioning properly, um, how to uh, ensure that the information about the grading 
and the algorithm of grading is done online as opposed to done locally. So there's a lot of work that needs to be done to enable such a situation that we can be confident in putting technology at a client's um, um, location and still be very sure about uh, the integrity of the result. Mm. So you you launched this this program, eGrading, about um, what did, uh, almost a year ago, I think. Um, have you have you seen that the demand for this type of thing or interest in 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 this type of thing has increased during the pandemic? So when we uh, announced this program, uh, e-grading, uh, just over uh, just under a year ago in March last year, uh, we were announcing the concept to the world that where we were going, and and I believe that if the pandemic hadn't uh, impacted all of us, uh, sometime during uh, late uh, 2020, we would have started seeing the first. Um, uh, um, installations on the ground. Naturally, the pandemic has delayed a lot of things for, for, for many of the different players in the industry. Um, so we will be seeing those steps being taken um, uh, later this year. Uh, we feel that um, the industry is getting on, back on its feet at the moment. Uh, we've had the last um, nine months to really continue um, developing, and we've been developing full speed during the pandemic, uh, making a lot of different improvements and a lot of different uh, updates um, to our offering. And uh, we're actually already uh, testing it uh, in a location at one of our um, uh, clients. And as I said, towards the second half of the year, we'll start rolling this out in a much more substantial way to additional customers. Right. I'd like to ask about the actual technology um, without confusing either myself or our, or our listeners too much. What, what exactly are the technolo- technological developments that have taken place recently that have enabled all of this? So um, artificial intelligence, which is maybe a very uh, um, big name, um, is actually comprised with, with a number of different uh, technologies. Uh, one of them is what, what you call machine learning. And machine learning is, is the ability for a computer algorithm to learn in a way similar to the uh, human being does. And, and just to give a, maybe a small example, uh, as a child would learn what a certain color is, uh, for example, green, um, there thousands of different shades of green. And, and as a parent, you cannot, of course, teach your, your child all the different shades of green. So every time you see a different type of green, you'll say this is green and that is green. The same way uh, that a diamond uh, grader in, in a grading lab is taught how to grade an SI or an uh, SI1 or an, a VS2 or a G color or an H color. He sees a lot of different diamonds uh, that have um, um, different colors and clarities. And over time, he gets to learn uh, what a VS1 looks like. There are no real deterministic criteria that you can actually determine how to grade a VS1 diamond or an H color. Uh, so with color, it's a little bit more, a little simpler on manual grading. You have master sets, but in clarity, there's no real uh, clarity master sets. So, so a person has to really learn how to grade color and clarity. So we've actually um, simulated that same process by teaching our algorithms uh, what is a VS1 and what is a VS2 and what is an SI1 and so on and so forth by uh, giving our algorithms thousands and thousands of different examples of uh, different colors and different clarities uh, and in that way teaching the system. So as the system uh, sees more and more diamonds, just as a human being would learn, uh, so does the system. The big difference being that the human being is not consistent and the computer algorithm is very consistent. So and that's a you know very briefly how the algorithms actually learn how to grade diamonds so conversely maybe one of the sort of facts of the history of of diamond grading is that every now and again you get a major change in the way that 
things are submitted. So you start seeing, say, new treatments or new ways of of obscuring undisclosed synthetics. Um, and because of the work of humans sometimes that has enabled us to, to spot these things straight away. Um, so how, how will AI deal with that sort of thing? And can, can AI deal with new things that they haven't seen before and that even humans haven't seen before in order to avoid people, in, in order to assure that, uh, that, um, that people submitting diamonds don't get away with, um, uh, with, with, with trying, to, trying to trick the graders? So, so yes, that's exactly, I think, the big advantage of, of AI is that if you provide and have enough data uh, to teach a system, uh, it starts understanding and seeing different patterns that sometimes uh, human beings uh, might find difficult to, 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 to understand those patterns and understand those trends. Um, and uh, basically, the system gets better and better as you provide it with more and more data. Um, so it could be anything from grading color or clarity to understanding um, different methods of detection of natural versus lab-grown. Um, and other areas as well that uh, actually uh, we're investigating uh, different areas to use uh, machine learning and artificial intelligence in order to uh, create value for our clients. So I think, as we said in the beginning, um, grading is, is just one of the things that is, in, in the, in the, uh, is highlighted at the moment. Uh, because Sarin, as well as other entities, are, are um, um, dealing with uh, developing technologies uh, using AI. But I think we'll see a lot uh, broader use and, and uh, a more extensive use of, of these capabilities in the diamond industry going forward, including in the manufacturing segment, as well as down the, uh, the, the line in the retail. Right. Um, we had uh, Susan Jack, the C uh, CEO of, of, GI of the GIA, uh, on an earlier episode um, and a couple of months ago. And she said that she expected AI to be, in, in future, to be primarily for the volume goods and that humans would still uh, grade the higher value items, sort of particularly the top clarities. Uh, do, do you agree with that assessment? Uh, not really. Uh, I think that once you are capable of grading a diamond, um, it doesn't really matter uh, the size uh, or the quality. Um, if the technology is good enough to grade a 20-pointer, it's good enough to grade a 2 carat. And in fact, I believe that technology um, is uh, surpassing uh, manual capabilities. As I said, a human being is uh, unfortunately, uh, we're human, so we're not consistent. Um, every person, uh, you know, has a, um, a different cr a criteria that how it sees the diamond, uh, whereas technology is very, very consistent in that matter. And I believe that over time, technology uh, will enable uh, to actually provide a, a grading certificate uh, rather than uh, today a, a grading report, which, as all the laboratories uh, make very clear, is just an opinion. So um, as the technology becomes better and better, uh, I think that actually the opposite is correct, that larger diamonds will probably uh, have to be graded with technology um, because today the, the, the larger diamonds, um, the, the, the inefficiencies or the inaccuracies of manual grading are overcome by the fact that uh, the grading labs will have two, three, or four people uh, grading a larger diamond to make sure that they're not making mistakes. And you can overcome that very simply with technology. So um, I think that once a technology is suitable for a 10-pointer, it's suitable for a half a carat and for a one carat and for a 10 carat. And in fact, as I said, I think it's, right. it's even more reliable. I was going to ask about, David, about um, you know, the issue of, of cross-checking with humans. So for, for how long will you have to cross-check every diamond that's graded by AI 
with a human until you can just let the AI run without without having to uh, check for any mistakes. So uh, I think it's there's always a transition stage between anything that's manual to anything that's automated, um, and it's a very important stage. In the end, we want to ensure that uh, our clients receive uh, the highest level and highest quality of product. Um, I mean, we'd love to just, you know, uh, base it only on the technology, but we want to have a very significant data set that we can actually compare the results. Uh, we use a lot of the manual grading also for additional research for parameters that are not uh, possible to grade today. Uh, we're actually going way beyond just, you know, the regular grading of the four Cs uh, and actually utilizing the t- grading technology to go into areas that are currently not actually uh, graded in the grading labs. Uh, parameters that are uh, talked about and used a lot in the in the trade, um, such as uh, milkiness or uh, black spots under the table, what type of clarity is it, um, the sorting criteria that are discussed at the B2B level, uh, once you actually use technology, uh, it becomes actually uh, very possible to start going into the detail that is needed by the, the industry at the B2B level for trading of, of polished diamonds. Uh, so you could be talking about brown tinges of color or gray tinges or green, green tinges uh, or different clarity aspects. So there's a lot more that you can do with technology that goes beyond just the regular four Cs that you see on a, on a typical grading board today. Right. And by how much do you think you know, grading based on machine learning will be able to speed up the process of getting a diamond all the way from the mine to a retail store? I think if you look in the long term dramatically, uh, because today uh, most clients uh, at the end of the manufacturing stage will actually get their diamond graded. Um, but many of the time, in order to have it, uh, in order to have that diamond to be uh, tradable. Um, now, I think if you could actually um, understand the needs of the retailers, because every retailer has their own specific requirements. If you could, through the uh, technology, understand what your client is actually looking for and what type of goods he likes, I think that could really connect much better between the supply and the demand, uh, which today is a fairly inefficient uh, part of the the diamond pipeline. Um, And through data and through information, uh, I think that uh, you can really uh, make that trading uh, segment of the pipeline a lot more efficient, getting the right goods uh, from the the seller to the buyer. um, And rather than the current way, which you generally have a, which you have basically a generic grading report that has uh, the, the initial data that is required to start that transaction. But then you have uh, the seller sending goods over, uh, the buyer will accept some of them, he'll reject uh, a certain portion and send it back. It makes it, makes it a very f- inefficient um, uh, supply chain. And I think the more data that is available um, that could connect more efficiently between the buyer and seller, the more efficient and shorter the pipeline will be. Right, right. That makes sense. Uh, just a, a final question about what this means for human graders, not just looking at Serene, but looking at the, the grading industry in general. Will, will there be job losses as a result of automated grading? Um, or will there still be a role for human graders in, 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 other, um, in other roles? So this is actually a question that I get asked a lot as, as a technology company, whether it's uh, from people within the industry um, or whether it's actually from people outside of the industry. And I think my very simple answer is, is jobs don't get lost, they evolve. Um, and um, in fact, if you look at the number of jobs that uh, technology has actually created over the last uh, more than a decade within the diamond industry due to our technologies, it is 
10 times or probably maybe 50 times larger than the number of jobs that were lost due to the fact that technologies um, were able to do things that people did previously. Um, just in, uh, you know, globally, we have probably over 100,000 people that have, that, uh, that, that jobs were created using our technologies today, as opposed to maybe a thousand people or less that, uh, or, 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 or so that, that our technology actually replaced those jobs. So, so I think it's a matter of evolution of um, uh, skill sets, enabling people that maybe are doing very mundane, simple uh, processes that can be done through technology. Of course, those kinds of jobs uh, will no longer be relevant. But then again, you have uh, jobs being created of people operating and using high-tech equipment, uh, very advanced technologies, uh, which require most likely a higher skill set uh, and, and uh, enable people to actually step up in terms of their capabilities and their potential um, uh, experience that they can gain from, from working on such technologies. So I see it just as, a, as an evolution, even a positive evolution. Um, rather than a potential uh, job loss. Now, it's interesting. I, I guess I'm I'm curious whether those same people that currently are able, you know, ha have the skills to be able to look at diamonds and decide whether what their color and clarity grade is, but maybe don't have a background in technology. Um, those same people will be able to take the jobs that take those evolved jobs that uh, that will become that will be created as a result of um, as a result of technology. So I can give you actually an example from our, our own grading lab, Joshua. That our uh, diamond graders uh, are mm. dual purpose, and they actually work on our technologies as well sometimes. And so, um, I, from personal experience within our within our labs, I can tell you that they are definitely capable. Uh, in fact, they're actually uh, highly interested to understand. Um, you know, working on high-tech uh, on high-tech uh, technologies, um, it's actually very uh, uh, engaging for them and very interesting for them, and provides them uh, a much more diverse work environment than you know just looking at diamonds um, uh, constantly one by one uh, the whole day. So um, understandable. So David Block of Serene, thank you very much for answering my questions today. It's been a very interesting discussion. Um, and I'm grateful that you come on a podcast with us. Thank you, Joshua, for having me. It's been a pleasure as well, as always. And uh, wishing for a, a successful, uh, less exciting year in 2021. Definitely agree to that. Thanks. Thanks.